All right, we get a roll on the Krug Show live from Vegas for Super Bowl 58. And look who's in the house. Normally at 1045, but we had to move it back because we were en route and dining and doing the pregame, doing the uh, way. Doing the wake-up show this morning at Damon's uh, buddy's uh, condo that overlooked uh, the Bellagio. So that was something else. But now we got Chase Sr. in the house. We're talking Niners from Radio Row. Chase, how are you, man? Good to see you. Doing awesome, Larry. Good to see you. And yesterday, finally good to meet you at the Niners player availability. with some setup yesterday. As the week goes on, a lot of the media members start to leave a place like Las Vegas so that we have more opportunities to spend some more time with the likes of George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. This week has been incredible. Have not slept much at all, but the content that we've been able to get on the 49ers report for you on the Krug show, it's been tremendous. And then all the networking that we've been able to do has been great. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun down here as well. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure if we've produced as much content as we normally do when we're at home, but We've had an awful lot of fun doing it. What What do you uh, – how do you see the matchup? Let's get into it. I mean, it's funny. There haven't been a lot of stories around the Super Bowl. Um, we had this turf story early in the week. Other than that, what would you say is the biggest story of Super Bowl week? The biggest story of Super Bowl week has been the fact that the San Francisco 49ers are furious behind the scenes about the practice conditions at UNLV, and that was the story that broke on Monday. I landed and – started to gather some information about that. And the Niners publicly are saying everything's all right. I asked Kyle Shanahan about it on Monday night. And I said, does this give you any frustrations that you have to deal with this on top of all of the other distractions that come along naturally with Super Bowl? He said, I'd be bothered by it if I thought about it. We're going to be all right and we'll be ready. But behind the scenes, the word is, is that San Francisco This because the NFL botched it. And I don't know if the NFL botches something that's so simple like this. Kansas City Chiefs get the practice at Allegiant Stadium. And then the NFL last week throws sod on top of an artificial surface. And in a game of this magnitude, a game of this significance, the Niners have to worry about a bad practice field, which I does I do think matters a little bit. So there was that. And then, of course, the fire alarm sounding at 6 a.m. yesterday at the Niners team hotel, which by design is about 40 minutes away from the strip but they still had to deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the matchup, how do you see the matchup? I mean, um, it's Mahomes and a great defense. It's Andy Reid. But at the same time, the Niners were, you know, quite a bit better if you look at point differential as your barometer um, than the Chiefs were. Who's the better team here? Are the Is the right team favored? It seems like almost all the people that I talk to, like Kansas City, and yet um, the Niners remain a two-point favorite, right, or two-and-a-half. Yeah, it's a fascinating line, and I was talking with Kelly in Vegas a little while ago, who's one of the better, better I think, especially as an on-air betting analyst. And I asked her, and I said, you know, it's been Niners minus one, Niners minus one-and-a-half. Some sports books have San Francisco minus two. But all of the money is kind of coming in on Kansas City. So if the Niners win, the sportsbooks win. Because that's where a lot of the money is coming in on, on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think San Francisco is the better team. They're the more talented team. 
but Kansas City has the better quarterback. And sometimes in a Super Bowl, the game is decided by the better quarterback. I think San Francisco wins this game, Larry. The only way that they don't is if Patrick Mahomes has some dazzling special performance where he puts the team on his back and he just is so special where he's able to lift Kansas City to win. I like the Chiefs' defense, but I like this Niners' offense, and I think that they can make the necessary improvements, and they're not going to start as slow as they did against Green Bay and against Detroit. And then with this Chiefs' offense, they've gotten it together a little bit so far in this playoff run, but it's the worst grouping of weapons that Patrick Mahomes has ever had in Kansas City under Andy Reid, and I just think it's the Niners' time. You think about this Niners' team, and one of the things that has really stood out to me this week and just team how calm they are how poised they are how confident they are but literally every single player that I've talked to it's been enjoyable to have conversations with them and sometimes when you talk with star players they don't do the whole media thing and they don't expand on answers they don't have authenticity they're not genuine it's not the case with San Francisco this is a really special group and that has really been evident to me and they just deserve with this core to win a championship. It would be so special. They've made it to three straight NFC championship games for the last five. And when you think about this team, what does it do for the legacy of Trent Williams, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, and Kyle Shanahan to win a championship? It really adds something so so special to their legacy. And I think they understand that. There's been a little sense of urgency that you understand but that paired with them just not being overwhelmed by the moment at all, they have this cool, calm, collected nature to them and this swagger and this confidence where they feel as though they can go out there, they can take care of business if they play their best football. And if they do play their best football, I think they win this game. Um, do you think the Niners are going to be able to take away the, the uh, Kansas City quick game? Because to me, that's the big question. Kansas City came out in that Ravens game, and they just like, hey, we're going to throw it five yards to Kelsey and five yards to Pacheco and five yards to Rasheed Rice, and we're never going to take a seven-step drop. We're never going to take a five-step drop. We're never going to give opposing defensive ends any chance to tee off on our mediocre tackles. We're just going to run Pacheco and go with the short game. I feel like if the Niners can't really shut off that short game, that that's that may be all they see all day because, you know, it's hard to turn over the Chiefs in that situation. They've scored on eight consecutive games where they've scored on their first drive. They're only giving up 7.7 points a game in the second half. It's pretty easy to see what their game plan is, huh? Just get a lead and turn it over to their D. I know that this Niners defensive line hasn't really showed up like we thought they were going to show up pretty much this entire season, but over the last few weeks, they haven't really brought it like you thought that they'd bring it with the likes of Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and Chase Young along that defensive front. But teams still fear the Niners defensive line because they know that they can take over the game and they can wreck the game solely. And under Robert Sala, under D'Amico Ryans, this year under Steve Wilkes, We've seen teams understand that, and they come out with a clear formula and a clear plan right from the jump of trying to get rid of the ball quickly, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of jet sweeps to get moving from sideline to sideline, a lot of quick hitters to try to neutralize that San Francisco 49ers pass rush to not let them 
cause havoc, to not let them take over the game. So San Francisco is definitely going to have to tackle well because of that, because I think Kansas City is going to try to throw a lot of those quick hitters, get some blockers out in front. The Kansas City Chiefs also understand the offensive personnel that they have. They don't have burners. They don't have wide receivers with diverse route trees who are going to be able to win with pristine route running like a Brandon Ayuk. They're going to have to scheme up ways to beat San Francisco. They're not going to naturally going to be able to beat them like they did late in the game in 2019 in Super Bowl 54 with throwing that deep pass to Tyree Kill. There's no Tyree Kill on this Chiefs team. So I'm with you as far as game planning. I think Kansas City is really going to try to establish that run number one with Isaiah Pacheco. They know that the Niners have given up nearly six yards per carry in the divisional round and the NFC Championship game. They know that the Niners, and the book has been out all year, have struggled to tackle, and they've struggled to tackle physical backs. And the Niners have not been good against play action. When teams have run play action on San Francisco, they've really struggled on that back end. So if Kansas City establishes that run, that sets up the play action, and then it opens up the vision line and it opens up the field a little bit for Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be the formula for Kansas City in this game. And it's up to the Niners to stop them. And if they can keep Kansas City from getting out to an early lead, I also like the Niners' chances in this game. If they can kind of control and dictate the pace and the flow. Chase Sr. with us in the house on our regular Friday hit. Uh, we're brought to you by Pig and a Pickle. I'm here in Vegas, uh, courtesy of Sharp Corners Sports Cards and Collectibles, located at 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California, on the Monterey Peninsula. Give Anthony Catania a call. He's at 831-521-3264. We're also brought to you by ValleyHillRoofing.net. Give them a call at 209-481-6851. Uh, they're a, a Go Green roofing contractor. Uh, give them a call for a free consultation, and both those links are listed in the description, so you can check that out for yourself. Thanks to those companies for sponsoring our trip to Las Vegas. All right, is there a wild card factor that we're not thinking about, Chase, that in any of your discussions this week with anybody on either side have kind of come to the forefront? Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I think it's really paramount for San Francisco to stop the run. I think tackling is going to be huge. I think getting off the field on third downs has to be a really big point of emphasis. I think for me, you saw San Francisco come out of the gate sluggish and slow against Green Bay. They did the same against Detroit. They understand San Francisco does. They can't fall into an early hole against a team like Kansas City because of their defense being, in my opinion, the best in the NFL and then Patrick Mahomes being able to really control the game if he's able to play from ahead. So I think there's a sense of urgency for San Francisco, and that's why I really like that calmness that I've noticed from the Niners. They know that they didn't play their best game against Green Bay. They didn't do the same against Detroit. To me, it seems like they're confident that they flushed some of that bad football, and they're going to be able to come out and play like the team that we saw for a majority of the 2023 season. That's a team that from start to finish – pounced on you early and was able to really dominate the football game from start to finish. And they played the game on their terms. I think playing the game on the Niners terms, which they can do, and they've been able to do it very, very consistently is something that they're really going to try to make a point of emphasis on. And then if we're talking about an individual player as being an underrated under the radar storyline, I spent a couple of moments yesterday with Ambry Thomas and he was very open about how he lost his confidence in 2022. He gained it back in 2023 when 
The Niners moved him to outside corner, Diamador Lenore to the slot. And he had this sense of urgency to him as far as his playing career goes. He looked at 2023 as the final opportunity to be able to prove himself that he can actually play in this league. He did it in the regular season. And then I asked him, you probably would admit that you could play a lot better in the playoffs as compared to the regular season. He's like, no doubt. And that's why I'm really excited to go out there and really prove to everybody that I belong on this stage. I know that I can play a little bit better. I think Kansas City is really going to try to target him early because of the struggles that he's had with pro football focus grades in the 30s so far in the playoffs when he was hovering in the 70s during the regular season. Ambry Thomas is really the big player that needs to step up but understands he under or he he understands and he knows that he needs to play better football in order for San Francisco to be more successful in that secondary because Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes on another week of preparation, they know that Thomas has been struggling. They're going to go his way a lot. I'm going to say the wild card. I'll go the other direction. I'll say MVS. I mean Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know if if Valdez Scantling can get involved and and give even Mahomes one or two plays per half. Um, man, that's a major edge for Kansas City just because, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been kind of hit and miss. I'm going to share the screen here. This is Drew Brees um, from you earlier today. You watch Brock Purdy a little um, and say Howard. to yourself, yeah, I mean, there's – You watch Brock Purdy a little and say to yourself, yeah, I mean, there's there's some comps or, or do you not see any of it? No, I see a lot of comparison. But honestly, the thing that I love about him the most is the fact that he was a guy who went to Iowa State and not highly recruited. He started 47 games yeah. in college, right? And, and, and similar to Purdue, most of the time when we were stepping on the field uh, during our college days, we were the underdog, right? We weren't winning the beauty pageant. <laughs> um, like we, 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 we were going to have to scratch and claw and find ways to win those games. So – we were in a ton of competitive situations, right? And look, that that molds you, that wires you in a lot of ways. And I think it helps prepare you, certainly for when you get in into the NFL and the line between winning and losing is so fine. And I think to his benefit, he gets drafted to a place, forget where he got drafted, he gets drafted to a place like the San Francisco 49ers where he's got an unbelievable offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan, a, a team that's been architected by John Lynch to have long-term success. Um, a great defense, a great run game, just a great scheme all the way around. But it takes a guy who can help orchestrate and manage all of that. And I see uh, certainly his his intellectual capabilities, his ability to manage all the shifts and motions that are happening on every play, like the motion landmarks, all the details that go into making this offense really successful. Man, a ton of that responsibility falls on the quarterback. And he's handled it with poise. Um, he, he obviously is a very timing rhythm thrower, which is what I was, but I think he showed us all what kind of an athlete he was last week by taking off and run, going outside the system and going and winning that game last week. What do you, what do you think, Chase? I mean, do you, what do you think of what Breeze said? Do you think that, do you see the comparisons between him and Breeze and, and, um, you know, the one thing about Brock is that, you know, even less so than Breeze. I mean, Breeze was at least a second round pick. Nobody expected anything from Brock. I guess that's probably his gift. But also, at the same time, you know, I mean, um, nobody gave him, you know, nobody handed him anything either. Uh, he had to kind of fight and claw for every opportunity he had. Eventually, they cut Sudfeld. That he got in there in December, and now he hasn't turned, hasn't looked back. But 
Uh, what do you think? Do you see the, 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 the breeze comparisons? Are they apt comparisons? I, I do. I do. And we were talking about this the other week in the chat sports office, and we were trying to find player comps. And I kind of threw out Drew Brees just because Drew Brees never really had a bazooka or a cannon for arm, but he threw with timing, accuracy, touch. He processed really well. He was really smart at the line of scrimmage. He was a rhythm thrower, kind of like Brock Purdy is. So I see the Drew Brees comps there, especially with the size and the stature. I think that Brock has a little bit of creativity to it and reminds me of Tony Romo. Tony Romo kind of founded the, you drop back in the pocket, you sent somebody on your backside, and at the last moment he's going to spin around and he's going to run out of the pocket, still maintain an eye level where he's going to look up and be able to throw it downfield and not have to run it right away. And I see that. And then, I don't know, you can point to this, Larry, like a little Fran Tarkenden, maybe a little bit of Doug Flutie just because of the lack of size but the creativity. But with Brock, it's pretty notable that Drew Brees kind of sees himself in Brock Purdy, right? And Drew Brees went to Purdue, not a football powerhouse. Purdy goes to Iowa State. I've said this time and time again. I think all the experience that Purdy got at Iowa State and really putting that program on the map, Iowa State was really impressive. All of those reps, all those snaps, all of those experiences that he got in some big games, playing in a really good conference, I think is translated to him not being overwhelmed by the moment either. And that's one of my other takeaways from being here at the Super Bowl is that Brock Purdy is fielding so many different questions. Everybody's trying to move the goalposts as far as if he's good, if he's not. Is he a system quarterback? Is Kyle Shanahan making him? Is he a game manager or a game changer? I've talked to a lot of people nationally. I've talked to a lot of players here. Teron Armstead being one of them, a five-time Pro Bowler who Brock came in and replaced Jimmy Garoppolo against the Dolphins when Armstead was on the field that day. He's like, this guy is legit. I was talking to Darren Woodson the other day, three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time first-team All-Pro, hopefully a future Hall of Famer. He's up for candidacy for the second consecutive year. He said, I'm tired of people calling Brock Purdy a system quarterback. This guy is legit. And he's shown to me, he's shown to you that he's legit. And this dates back to training camp last year where you said, I think he's pretty good. I said, you can't cut him because if you do, another team's going to hold on to him. You can't expect to cut him and him to come back on the practice squad. He's just taken the NFL world by storm. He's really become a polarizing figure where he's a massive talking point. And if he wins this Super Bowl, man, the conversation and the narrative is going to be fascinating. But as far as the player comp, I think as you look down the road, doesn't have a crazy arm. I think he's a better athlete than Drew Brees. But some of the nuances to the quarterback position, timing, accuracy, processing, having control at the line, the right audibles, the right checks, being clutch, being a really good team leader, being a face of a franchise. Brock Purdy brings those things to the table just like Drew Brees did. Words of wisdom says, Larry, Chase, gentlemen, Eva and I shall be at Circa tonight. Looking, Look for the handsome fellow with the beautiful wife. Drinks on me. You know, that last line, that drinks on me, really intrigued me. You can call me. me crazy. I extended my stay in Las Vegas. Did, <laughs> there you go. Um, when you said drinks on I, me, I, words I'm of wisdom, <laughs> I may just look for – I might be going up to people at Circa. Do you recognize me? Would you Would you like to buy me a drink? Um, that always works. All right, let's hit some supers here because the battery's winding down. Ruben Marquez, I'm really scared of Bill Vinovich. Over the last 10 years in Vinovich-led games, the under is 
66 and one. That's a 60 cent, 60% clip. No holding calls with him. Niners will never pressure Mahomes. How much are you concerned about Vinovich? I'm concerned about the officiating crew not calling holds against San Francisco because a big formula for the Niners to win this game is to get after Patrick Mahomes. We saw the formula executed flawlessly by Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 55 when they generated the most pressures on a quarterback in Super Bowl history. If San Francisco can't get to Patrick Mahomes and not just get to him, but get him on the ground, and if the Chiefs are holding the Niners all night long to prevent San Francisco from generating that pass rush, it'll be a long night potentially for the Niners. Ugh, Calvin and Hobbs said, should the Niners come out with a five-man front like they did against Jacksonville to stop the run and pressure Mahomes? I like that idea. I absolutely love the idea I like of the, that too. the bear front. Um, Meximo B1987. To be faithful of attending the Super Bowl, let's hear – to the faithful attending the Super Bowl, let's hear Purdy chants on first possession. It, sound, it would sound awesome on live TV. That would be good. And words of wisdom, going to be at Circa Legacy Club tonight. Drinks on me. Words of wisdom, I might just go to Circa just – just searching for you. Just searching. I, I, there's a free there's a free uh, Stoli Greyhound at the end of this rainbow. Uh, that's that's what I could be saying to myself. Um, Chase, what's your final score in this thing? What, what's your final prediction going to be? I think it's a little bit of a lower scoring game because I think both teams are going to fill each other out a little bit. And I think that San Francisco's defense comes to play. And I think this Chiefs defense is spectacular. Steve Spagnuolo, just one of the more well-respected defensive coordinators in the game. So I like the Niners 26-23 to win. All right. I like the Niners 31-20. I'm going to go with Purdy as the MVP. But my sleeper MVP, if you're looking for somebody to just throw a couple bucks on in the the, – in the sports book, if you're down here, I say go Jair Brown, just from the standpoint of um, Jair Brown can get interceptions late and he can also pile up tackles in the run game. So if the chiefs are running early, you could have eight, nine tackles at halftime for um, Jair Brown. And then if the Niners get a lead, he could seal the game with a late pick. I could see him being in a, in a, in an offensive day where maybe you spread the, spread the attention around all the different weapons of the Niners win. And he's got 10 tackles and a pick. He might get the MVP. You got a sleeper MVP. I like that. I like that. You like yeah. Brown? I think pretty when MVP would just break the internet and it would be great for my brand. Great for your brand. So I'm kind of rooting for that to happen. That would be Christian McCaffrey potentially to win. Super Bowl MVP. I think that the Niners can really establish the ground game potentially against this Chiefs team, which has given up about five yards per carry this year. I like McCaffrey to have that breakout performance. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if Christian just busted out with just a phenomenal uh, Offensive Player of the Year award? You know what? Thanks thanks for everybody. Thanks to everybody, by the way. I'm the uh, Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl champion. Chase, we're going to jump just because we're only got one bar on the computer and I don't want to see this thing die. But it was awesome to meet you, man. I love the content you're putting out. If we catch up later today, drinks are on me. Uh, if we don't, we'll do it again at awesome. some point. But um, keep it rolling, man. I love what Chat Sports is putting out. What do you guys got going today and the rest of the day into uh, Saturday and, of course, Super Bowl Sunday? 
Yeah, we've got a couple of guest appearances. Guy Haberman joined the show the other day, so I think I'm going to put that interview out a little bit later. Sat down with John Feliciano, Ambry Thomas yesterday. We had some great interview clips from some of the marquee players on this Niners team from yesterday. So great content to come all throughout the weekend. Watch party on Sunday. It's going to be crazy. We did 660000 for the NFC Championship game. And now that I extended the stay, a little bit of a sicko move here in Las Vegas because we've been going crazy, hopefully we can link up later and, and get a drink. Will you shotgun a beer in-game during the Super Bowl? Yes, I will. I will. You will. You can bank on it. There you it. go. I yep. told Kev, I said, you know what? You really want to battle with the big boys. Don't hang with me anymore. Get in on a live stream while the game's going on opposite chase with your college buddies and just start you know, just start beer canning shots to your head, and uh, you might be able to out young the young crowd. So we'll see. Next year, Kev yeah, we could can be go coming beer in the end game. It was also good to meet Kev yesterday. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Chase, good stuff. Thanks to everybody. Sorry for the short stream. Live from Vegas, Krug Show on the run, needing a nap. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. Careful, whatever you bring me, get.